You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. On this 23rd day of 2018, talking White Sox baseball today with our good friend Scott Birkin, White Sox reporter for MLB.com. Scott, we thank you for the time. A couple of uh, topics to uh, touch on today. The White Sox have taken some uh, some chances on some guys uh, with minor league deals, guys that have had a uh, a decent track record of uh, experience and success at the big league level. We'll get your thoughts on uh, who, if, if any of them, uh, could see significant time with the White Sox this year. We'll talk about uh, some some thoughts by the fans. Uh, they're wondering about Avisail Garcia, if he is still trade bait, if he's going to be the centerpiece of a rebuild. Also talk about uh, the prospect that the fans uh, are most excited to see. But I want to start off with uh, the White Sox Fan Fest, which is uh, coming up this weekend, and uh, kind of highlight what's going on there. And you also had an article that came out uh, just today on this Tuesday about Tim Anderson. And uh, I think it's it's worth reminding fans that you know we see these guys as just kind of baseball robots sometimes, but they're they're human beings. Uh, you know, they're they're people and and fathers and husbands before they're baseball players. And I know you touched on a bunch of those topics with Tim about kind of getting away from baseball for a little bit and coming into the 2018 season fresh. So talk, kind of talk about uh, Tim and kind of talk about what you expect this weekend for FanFest. Yeah, first of all, Tim's, you know, a great kid, real level-headed. And, you know, said to me during the interview that he wants to be known for more than just being a good baseball player. He wants to be known as a good person. And, you know, he, he and his wife, Bria, uh, run a charitable foundation through the White Sox or with help of the White Sox and you know last year he had a real tough year personally he was talking about it's been talked about a lot his friend Brandon Moss was tragically shot to death uh, trying to help an innocent person in a fight at a bar in Tuscaloosa and and that took a big toll on him it's kind of like a brother to him and then Tim also let me know when I talked to him you know two or Monday that he was having even before that there was some family problems that were going on too, which he didn't specify, which he doesn't need to specify, but he seems to be in a really good place. He said this year he joked about, he doesn't know about any of the trade rumors or any of the free agent rumors or whatever. He said, he just focused on his family, uh, him and his wife, they've been married for a year and they didn't have like a ceremony or a honeymoon when they first got married. So they did that this off season, their daughter Peyton is two years old now. So they spent a lot of fun time with them. He came here to Chicago for a week and worked out with uh, Curtis Granderson over at UIC where Curtis Granderson played and is very well known. He's got a baseball field named after him there, as a matter of fact, thanks to his charitable donations. And uh, got to watch his beloved Alabama Crimson Tide rally and win the the championship. So, you know, he admitted that last year there were times where it wasn't a lot of fun baseball for him, but he's gotten back to a good place now and feels great going into the 2018 season. And he even has on his Twitter account a little hashtag, Revenge18. And it's not meant as a, a violent or, you know, negative way. It just means that this is going to be the year he kind of takes it back. And he actually finished very strong last year. So there's some good signs for Tim Anderson moving forward into 18. Yeah, I certainly agree. And, uh, you know, it, oftentimes it's not until the, the cold winter months of the off season that you find out what some of these guys go through. And uh, like you specified, uh, you know, the tragic death of his uh, best friend, some other family issues. But uh, it sounds like that he's recovered from those uh, setbacks and tragedies, and he's ready to really hit the ground running in uh, 2018. I imagine, uh, Scott, that he's going to be a part of a fan fest this weekend uh, for the White Sox and uh, teams all across baseball holding their fan fest, which seem to get uh, bigger and better and more involved every year. What should White Sox fans expect? Well, I think, you know, from what I heard, ticket sales were very good for Sox Fest, which is at the uh, Hilton Chicago this weekend in downtown Chicago. 
And I think that speaks to, you know, you mentioned a little at the, at the top of the podcast that the fans just, you know, joy and excitement over the rebuild and the prospects that are coming up. And a lot of them are going to be there. You know, I'm just going to name a few off the top of my head. I'm sure going to miss some, but Aloy Jimenez, Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech. Uh, then, of course, some, you know, the veterans, uh, Anderson will be there, Jose Abreu, Nicky Delmonico. Nicky Delmonico barely qualifies as a veteran, actually. Carson Fulmer, uh, Alec Hansen is going to be there. So there's a, there's a really good look at, uh, at the prospects. You know, some of the top, Jake Berger, who's last year's top pick, is going to be there. Obviously, Al Garcia, Yomer Sanchez, and, of course, the front office and the coaching staff. So it's three days worth of kind of, you know, forget that it's, although it's not really too bad in Chicago right now, but forget that it's still coldish and that baseball is kind of just around the corner. And maybe, you know, good things for the White Sox are not too far off as this rebuild goes into its, you know, second full year. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be a big – nothing against the great Jose Abreu or Avisel Garcia or anyone else, but it's going to be a big focus on the young guys who are in attendance this weekend at the Hilton. And among those young guys, you know, when, when, you, uh, you know, when, you, when you get feedback on social media, when you get questions in your inbox, I know that – Fans were excited for the for the rebuild, as they should be. But if there's one guy amongst that group that, for whatever reason, fans are the most excited about, whether it's Kopech throwing a fastball through a brick wall, whether it's Jimenez hitting 800-foot home runs and you know displaying all their superpowers, who's the one guy that you think the fans are most excited about? I think it's kind of difficult to say because there's so many they're excited about, and I think it's kind of like who's the hot prospect at the time that they're you know behind. But I think if you had to strip it all away, and pick one, it would probably be a slight edge to Aloy Jimenez just because, you know, you, you go through, and Jerry Reinsdorf said this to another reporter before the rebuild even started, before the Chris Sale trade, that, you know, you get a, a bunch of prospects, you get 15, 16 prospects, hoping that four or five or six really pan out. But Aloy Jimenez just has that look to him that he is going to be a star, that he is going to be the center of this rebuild. Maybe it'll be with Moncada, maybe it'll be with Kopech and Hansen. But, you know, you got to look just like you look at the Cubs and it's pretty much Brian and Rizzo, right? And Houston had Correa and Springer and, you know, a, a couple others that put in McCullers, you know, and Kansas City had Hosmer, Kane, Perez, that crew. You always look for that kind of, you know, the group that you center around. And I think Jimenez is the one guy who just has star written all over him. And the Cubs knew that. I mean, the Cubs knew they had to give up a couple of people, you know, they gave up Cease and Jimenez to get a guy like Quintana, who they don't win the division with out last year. And they have three years of control over following that. So it's, it was turned out to be a good, it looks like it's going to be a good baseball trade for both sides. But I think fans just are counting the days down until they see Aloy Jimenez wearing that Sox uniform at guaranteed rate field. Yeah, and with good reason. Uh, I remember in the, the Futures game, uh, I believe two years ago, I think, I can't remember if he hit a home run, but he, he made some ridiculous catch at foul ground right, going into that. the yeah. seats. Was that two years ago? I think it was two years ago, yeah. Okay. He made a running catch down the line, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that I remember, and ironically, it was Yoan Moncada that won the MVP of that game, who at the time was, of course, a Red Sox prospect before the sale trade, and a lot of people saying, you know, boy, not that Moncada wasn't deserving, but Jimenez could have won it too. Well, now they're going to be, uh, in all likelihood, future teammates, uh, barring something completely catastrophic, but uh, the future certainly looks bright with both Jimenez and Moncada, neither of which was in the White Sox organization at that time when Jimenez right. uh, made that catch, and uh, it's crazy how things turn out, but a uh, lot to look forward to for White Sox fans for sure. Scott, let's dive into the inbox a little bit. Uh, some of the more veteran uh, presences on this team, of course, that includes uh, Avisail Garcia. And a lot of fans wondering, you know, kind of 
what side of the fence is management going to fall on regarding Garcia? Because on one hand, you know, if you make him available in a trade, you you probably could get back a pretty good haul. On the other hand, you do want to have some veteran presence even during a rebuild, and he provides that. He's still under control uh, for two more years. He's very solid in right field. He's only getting better. So I guess, you know, put yourself in Rick Hahn's shoes. What is the more prudent move to make here regarding Avi Garcia? Yeah, I think it's a wait-and-see process. You know, I will say Kenny Williams, the executive vice president, the, the architect of the World Series title in 05, was a guy who was in you know, Garcia's corner right from the get-go. And not that other people weren't, but he really believed that what happened last year was going to happen at some point. Now the key for Garcia is to follow up what happened last year, which was you know, third-highest average in baseball, 18 home runs, over 80 RBIs, you know, great year, uh, or I should say much-improved year defensively in right field. So again, you don't need him to hit 330 every year. Again, I, I think some would love people on the White Sox would love to see him hit 330 every year. But even if he comes back and he's a 280, 290 guy, you know, you got to look and see. You know, they have this year and next year of control over him and how he fits. He's not, you know, I think he's 26, 27 right now. The only thing is, you do are you are loaded in the outfield, you know, with guys like Robert and Jimenez and Rutherford, just to name a few right off the top of my head. And that's not even counting like Charlie Tillerson and Adam Angle in the mix. But I don't think he's automatically a guy you move. But then again, on the flip side, much like we've seen in the early part of the rebuild, he's probably one of the guys of the most value that you can get back, especially if he puts together a few months like he did all season last year. So, you know, I think Abreu, Garcia, Rodon, those are the three guys, Rodon, once he gets healthy, who have the most trade value aside from the young prospects right now. So it's kind of hard to say, but I think if he, if he plays well, and they don't, you know, see a trade fit, you have to start thinking about how does this guy fit into our rebuild? Does he fit in? And what do we do with him moving forward? Is this a guy who's, you know, a DH maybe moving forward? Or is that going to be a Brayu when you have, you know, guys, maybe one of the prospects move up to first place later on in his career. So it's all kind of a puzzle they're trying to put together. And obviously they, you know, if there was interest in Avi, there hasn't been strong enough for them to move him. So we'll see how he kind of follows up last year with this year's effort. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting decision regarding Avi Garcia. Uh, you just went over the pluses and, and minuses, so to speak, uh, regarding uh, whether or not he's part of the rebuild and some uh, very interesting choices up ahead in uh, perhaps the near future for White Sox brass regarding Avi uh, Garcia. Scott, uh, final thing here, Omar Vizquel, that we're going to find out uh, tomorrow as we talk here on Tuesday the 23rd whether he is a uh, Hall of Famer. Of course, uh, he spent uh, his twilight years as a player uh, with the White Sox, and he's going to be in the White Sox organization. He, he now is, of course. Uh, he'll be managing the, the uh, A-team uh, this coming year in 2018. Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Do you think he gets the call on Wednesday? I don't think he gets the call on Wednesday just based by the uh... – the great tracking that I think his name is Ryan Thibodeau, I think that's how you pronounce his name, does on his Hall of Fame tracker. It doesn't look like he's, you know, really going to be close to 75% this time. But I think, you know, if you look at his body of the work, I think he is very close, if not a Hall of Famer, straight out. You know, I think guys like the guys who are going to get elected are pretty clear cut all around. Jim Tomey, you know, great player, better guy, Chipper Jones, Edgar Martinez, Vladdy Guerrero, Trevor Hoffman, those look like the group that's right on, you know, either in or right on the edge going into the, the final announcement. Vizquel's, you know, one of, if not the greatest, well, I, let's say one of the best defensive shortstops in the history of the game. And really, as his career moved on, made himself a, a valuable presence as, a, as an offensive player, too. So I think he does have Hall of Fame qualities. I don't know if this is going to be a guy who's going to just kind of make incremental moves up and then finally get in or, you know, what happens. But I think, you know, 
sometimes there's no rhyme or reason to the vote. I think Andrew Jones could be a guy who's, you know, considered for the Hall of Fame. He certainly has the defensive numbers and hit more home runs, and we had a little more offensive punch than I think people remember. And yet it looks like from the, tra- the tracking going into tomorrow's Wednesday's announcement, he's barely fighting to keep the 5% to stay on the ballot. So it's, it's interesting to see how it all plays out. But I think Vizquel's body of work certainly does say Hall of Famer. Yeah, a lot of the debate on Vizquel, but I think we're all in agreement that, uh, you know, 2018 is just, it's not going to be his year because it's a very loaded ballot and we could see as many as five guys get in when that announcement comes down uh, on Wednesday the 24th, but uh, it does not appear that 2018 is going to be Omar's year. But, of course, uh, some more years, a lot of years left on the ballot, and uh, we'll see what happens there. Scott Merkin, uh, a pleasure as always. We thank you for the time. We'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Chicago White Sox.